Hi again, everyone. Welcome to episode 65 of Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Anthony and I joining you here on this Sunday afternoon as we get one in as the Indians are in the midst of uh, game six against the Seattle Mariners. They won the first five, but today they're down five nothing early. And so that bullpen game is, uh, it looks like it might blow up in their face here today. Uh, we'll see what happens as the game goes on. We'll give you a little update as we go, but uh, a lot has transpired since the last time we've had a chance to talk. The NFL draft came around and left. Uh, your Broncos made a big move, mm-hmm. um, uh, trading in the uh, the draft and that. And uh, we'll talk a little about everything else that's just going on. So the NBA playoffs are going on. The NHL playoffs are going on. So, I mean, it is that time of the year. Welcome yeah. to May. Yeah, it's uh, nice to be back again, uh, you know, we thought we were maybe getting a little consistency there with our scheduling in March. And, you know, then again, uh, the way 2019 starts, it's like uh, life's a bunch of curveballs, right? So uh, we've been facing a lot of off-speed pitches of late, trying to get some fastballs here. But uh, it's nice to be back. Uh, it's definitely a busy time with uh, hockey and the NBA in their mix of a playoffs wing. Baseball's a-, a month and a couple weeks in. And, uh, the NFL draft is already a, a week over, so a lot has happened. Uh, you know, hopefully we can start getting some more consistency here uh, with the health and you know work and everything. But uh, it's good to be back. Oh yeah, it is absolutely. So let's get into the NFL real quick, uh, since uh, that has transpired in the last couple mm-hmm. weeks. Uh, just give me your overall thoughts about what you've seen in the draft and uh, give me your thoughts on your Broncos and what, what you liked and didn't like. Yeah. I just, you know, didn't get, get to catch much of the draft with, you know, some stuff going on, but uh, I, I think everyone kind of is under the same opinion outside of the Giants headquarters of what the hell were they doing? Uh, nothing against Daniel Jones is a good quarterback, but probably a kid you could have gotten second round, maybe a little lower. Um, and what Dave Gettleman's reasoning was, well, the Redskins and Broncos are going to get him at 17. No, no, that was, that was found to be false. It's just, uh, it, you know, I say, was that a meme now these kids send? I, I'm only 28, but I sound so much older. I, I saw a Cleveland Brown caricature handing a baton off to the Giants, and it says, worst NFL franchise. And uh, I, good luck this year to the Giants. It's going to be a rough one. Um, so I, I think that everybody's under the same agreement. But, you know, Denver, I like what Denver did. Uh, you know, they traded down uh, with Pittsburgh. And I think their best picks could be, uh, and this is what Mel Kuyper and Tom McShay said also, this might be Elway's best middle-round draft of his Denver tenure, I really like what he did getting uh, Dalton Reisner from Kansas State, a tough, physical offensive lineman, uh, and that's something Denver really wants to solidify this year. They brought in Juwan James, um, just trying to get healthy. Uh, the Broncos have had some uh, some bad injury luck on the offensive line front and some poor play, and Fangio wants to be tough and physical up front on both sides of the ball. So I think. Uh, adding Ryazer will be a nice addition. And then I and then I think the addition of 
Draymond Jones, who you and I know very well, could work out really well for Denver. Uh, he can rush the passer from the inside. Uh, he can also stop the run. Um, that's a really nice pick. He had a really nice career at Ohio State and played under probably the best defensive line coach in the country in Paul Johnson. And, you know, along the Ohio State front last year, that was pretty deep when Nick Bosa was healthy. A um, little overshadowed by Bosa and Chase Young. Uh, Draymond Jones had a really nice career. Uh, so I think he could work out very nice for the Broncos. Drew Locke, that's, you know, let's wait and see. It's always uh, had his eyes on him since he was a junior at Missouri, a big, strong kid that can throw the ball deep down the field. Um, he got a nice quarterback in Flacco to mentor him if that's what Flacco wants to do. Um, so I like that. And, you know, it was nice seeing that. And then of the tight end, no fan. It seems like every year Denver drafting a tight end. Unfortunately, uh, the injury luck has not been nice to them either there. But uh, when fully healthy, Jake Butt shows he can make some plays. And, you know, no offense, a great pass catcher, a nice route runner, a little quicker than most tight ends. You tag team him and uh, Jake Button, you got a nice tandem there at tight end. I know the Broncos want to go more to a two tight end set this year. So, and uh, Rick Scrangagello, or however pronounce his name, he loves a mismatch tight end. He loved it when he was calling plays in San Francisco with George Kittle. So, we'll see if. Uh, no offense is George Kittle, but overall, I like what the Broncos did. I think my favorite pick is a Draymond Jones pick. Um, and when the Broncos have had success on defense, they've had success by rushing the passer from the interior because you know you're going to get it from the outside of Miller. So overall, I like what we did, but uh, let's see in September, October, what uh, you know what transpires because there could be a name that nobody even talks about that's going to surprise us. So it's wait and see, but I. Overall, I I liked what Elway did this year. Well, I look at it, the draft this way. Um, it was predictable. Um, yep. When King became the head coach over in Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, he let the secret out of the bag before he got the job. Well, he, he would take number one, and he did, and Kyle uh, Murray. And, hey, I understand it. That's the guy you love. Then you don't That's the guy. You, yeah. you take him. And quite honestly, as much as uh, people want to criticize Gettleman, I say the same thing. If that's the guy you're in love with, that's the guy you take. Mm-hmm. And I've, it, it's been proven year after year that quarterbacks come at a premium. Yep. Uh, some of them will slide. And like Jones slide for Ohio State down to mm-hmm. 17 and perfect t- opportunity or 15, whatever it was, and, and was picked by the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always a surprise. I mean, last year the surprise was Baker Mer- May- Mayfield. Yep. No one – I would say four out of five experts never expected Baker Mayfield to go number one. And he did. And it, and it's worked out well for the Browns for Mm -hmm. the first season. So uh, we, as they move forward and they build a team around uh, Mayfield, uh, I like what the Browns did. I look at uh, overall uh, greedy uh, Williams. I never expected him to be there. And he was, they made a trade up and got him. Uh, I think anytime you're going to add to the defensive backs and you can see, I think Dorsey's whole thought process in the draft was to fill holes and add depth to the team. And they did that. Uh, you know, they got an offensive tackle around the fifth round. They, they got the inside linebackers. They got linebackers in general. And uh, they picked up my new favorite name in pro sports in Sihone Takitaki. Yep. 
him and Ha Ha Clinton Dix need to be on the same team just for <laughs> yeah. on defensively. You have to say those two names back to back. It would be just uh, too much fun. Uh, however, uh, well, I don't have to worry about Ha Ha coming to the Browns, but Sinhone Taki Taki. Yeah, what a name. Thank I you. love it. I just love the name, let alone the player himself, uh, who comes uh, with some uh, high regard. So uh, we'll see. I mean, a third-round pick. Uh, I think he's going to see some playing time because the Browns mm-hmm. have made some moves defensively, letting go with some of the linebackers. And uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm encouraged. I thought it was a nice draft. I'm kind of interested to see what maybe uh, late free agency type thing moves they may make here in the next month because uh, teams will make – some releases as yeah. they get through the first uh, training camp or OTAs and all that. Sometimes you, they, uh, you making the, moves. You got to think the Gerald McCoy thing is going to heat up here soon too with, like you said, camps getting going here in the next couple months. Uh, the Buccaneers are looking to move on from him and the Browns have been a, ru- a rumored suitor. Right. So. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. There's yeah. a lot of possibilities out there. I don't know what will happen, but – I was I was actually satisfied with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I thought they may jump up into the first round, late in the first round between 21 and 32, and all reports is the Browns tried. Mm-hmm. They just didn't find a uh, partner to move up with. Uh, they didn't like the offers, and or the Browns thought they were too rich to move up mm-hmm. uh, 10 spots or so. So, hey, it's the way – the game rolls, you know, yep. that's what the, the draft's all about, you know, value and making the correct picks. And truth of the matter is if you hit 50% of your picks, you're doing a great job in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, you know, normal team has seven picks. You know, most teams probably have five to eight picks between mm-hmm. the trades and we'll see uh, the Browns pick up a kicker. How good or bad he is. I don't know. We'll wait and see. I'll, I'll give him an opportunity to compete. Ends up being the, uh, the, the final trade of uh, Josh Gordon was for a kicker. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Hey. Josh and Gordon may never play again. No, no. I, I, and, and that's the honest God truth. We don't know what's going to happen there. And, uh, and who knows? And, uh, I mean, it's New England's uh, problem now. And, yep. uh, you know, Cleveland has moved on. And, wow, what a big way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. I mean, if you're going to lose maybe the – most talented player who doesn't play in Josh Gordon, mm-hmm. to the most talented physical receiver in the game in uh, Beckham, mm-hmm. um, you know, and who has had his own injury uh, times on the, uh, on the IR and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see. I thought uh, overall, if you told me last season before it would all go in the end, you would end up, trading Josh Gordon away, but by the following year, you end up with uh, with Beckham Jr., I would have said, okay, let's do it. Well, yeah. And uh, that's exactly where the Browns are at. So we'll see. I'm, uh, I'm encouraged, and uh, I'm not surprised. I know a lot of people have talked about um, that uh, Johnson was going to get traded out of the backfield, and I, just, I didn't see the need. I don't no. think the Browns didn't either. I think they were no. open to offer. Oh, yeah. I think the Browns were always open to offers, but if less they were blown away, there was no exactly. reason to trade them. Exactly. That's a good point. And, um, you know, and that's just the way you, you run a uh, sports organization. No player is a complete no trade. There's some, but for the most part, 
if you get blown away by a certain amount of, you're going to make a deal. You're going to make a deal. Exactly. You have to, uh, you know, it's just like the Indians this past off season shopping, uh, you know, the pitching staff. Uh, why? Because that was their strength. And if they got blown away, they would have made the deal. They didn't get blown away. That's why they all stayed. That's why Bauer's here. That's why Kluber was here. And, you know, Carrasco got signed his deal. And uh, that's why, you know, no trade was made in that level. That was a strength. And now, thank God it has happened because the injury bug has hit the Indians big time. Uh, Kluber going down with the fractured uh, right arm. And, mm-hmm. uh, of course, uh, Clevenger been out with the back spasms and problems there. But uh, he looks like he may be back sooner than expected. But sooner than expected means the all-star break for him. Yeah. I just want that to be understood. He's on the 60-day DL or the IL now. Yeah, you don't want to insult people with that, Tim. It's just, well, you're going to be on for 60 days. Once you get onto that, you're not coming off until you qualify to come off. Yeah, the soonest, I think, is June 7th, he said. So we got a month still. So you're looking at July 4th, probably, earliest return. You know, because he's going to have to go on a rehab. And he's going to have, you know, he's not just going to come back and all of a sudden throw five innings. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. Uh, let's hope it happens, but let's yeah. be realistic. Uh, and, you know, the Indians right now are actually playing good baseball when you look at their record. They have the uh, their best start in the Terry Francona history of the Indians, era of the Indians. So uh, on that level, you can't complain. There are concerns, and I understand those concerns. And you look at the pitching staff and uh, the injuries to two-fifths of your starting pitchers. Uh, you also have Ramirez not hitting, uh, you know, and that is a big concern. But I honestly do believe Jose will come around and will be the player that he has been. It's just a matter of he's a he's a, again he's a guy who's is just a tremendous slow starter every year. And uh, two weeks from now, I'll I'll be more concerned if he's still batting under two hundred. Um, and then I look at the outfield; it needs improvement, and yep. you know. It needs more improvement in production. Hopefully, Cargo continues to, uh, you know, give some thumped in the lineup and getting on base and driving in runs. Uh, Santana's been fantastic. You can't complain there at first base, both defensively and offensively. He's been the biggest surprise in my eyes in the lineup. Yeah. And, you know, Martin looks like at times he's ready to uh, turn the corner too. So, I mean, the Indians do have. Problems. I mean, anytime you have a Ramirez batting under 200, you have a Kipnis batting basically under 200, you know, these are problems. Uh, and uh, they're not scoring runs. They need to score runs. For this team to be successful, it needs to score runs. Uh, now it has to, they don't have to be at the Seattle level scoring runs. Uh, it just has to score runs. You know, it, it, you're going to lose – those three, two games as much as you're going to win them. Mm-hmm. And now that you have lost both Clevenger and Kluber in injuries, that's the concern. Can the bats come up and get you that extra runner and a half per ball game going forward to make up that difference that you're not going to have. And, uh, you know, so far they've survived, but it's early in both pitchers, uh, absences. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, when this when this season, before it even began, and we were talking before I went down to Arizona for spring training, we were joking, you know, we're probably going to get through March, 
the last week of March when the season began and April and May and Santana is going to be 195, 200. And, you know, cause that's the way he's, his career has gone. It's, he's a notorious late May on player. Yeah. He's a notorious, a slow starter. Uh, what he's doing this year is simply short of incredible. He's, you know, when Santana first came up and even up until he went away when he signed with the Phillies last year, his swing was so big. That was, you know, the one thing you could point to him, and even uh, Rick Mann would make comments on the broadcast, his swing is just way too big. And now uh, his approach is absolutely fantastic. You always watch these games, and I know you and I, we watch a lot of baseball outside of the Indians. Um, and you see these shifts, and you see guys constantly hitting into these shifts. And, and we're sitting there like, hit the ball. You, you know, and now it's easier said than done, but hit the ball. Just poke it the other way. And Santana not only is poking it the other way, but his – like Frank Kona brought up on the postgame show yesterday – his hard hit ball ratio is just, I mean, he's crushing everything. Even when he went in his little slump the last two weeks, he was still getting loud outs. You know, they were loud outs. Um, so he's been nothing short of incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, and I had a lady yesterday at the game and it was, the kid probably had to be three or four years old Absolutely adorable. And the first inning, Encarnacion comes up to bat. And he goes, Mommy, we had that guy last year. And she said, yeah, we did. And she said, we traded him for a better player. And, and I turned around and I said, you know, you're right. And if you would have told me that three years ago, when we played them in the ALCS, I would have said, you're crazy. And, uh, and I said, you're right. Now, Eddie has hit the ball well this year to begin the year. He's played some nice deep, made a couple of nice plays yesterday. Um, but it, I think the biggest concern, uh, like you were saying, is Jose Ramirez has not hit the ball. And is it, you know, and I know a lot of people have brought up the whole, well, last year when he had the PED things, he kind of went up. No, no, that's bogus. Because that day when that PED report came out, the supposed that he was on PEDs, uh, Jose went out and hit two home runs in that game I was at. So the whole – Well, that was so just – you know, to I use – the whole thing yeah, – we'll, we'll stop you for a second. Yeah. And I understand where you're going, but the truth is I'm going to use a term I hate using. Uh, but uh, that was all fake news. It, does, it was yeah. not built in on factual information, and it was ended in the windows and rumors. And anybody can have ups and downs. Let's just – Let's be honest. Last year he started 0 for 22. He yeah. 0 for 22 to start the season. Uh, look, yes, he's not driving the ball this year. Is he putting pressure on himself? Probably. Do I know oh, the yeah. extent of why he's not hitting? No, but I think this the defensive shift has gotten into his mind a little bit, mm -hmm. and he has to work it out. Uh, I've seen some encouraging at bats, and let's just hope he goes forward. But I don't believe in all that stuff. I think that what matters most to a player is just knowing that you're succeeding enough to help the team. And right now, I think he just feels the pressure on himself I, to succeed, and he has not done that. And, uh, you know, you're going to see strikeouts because that's the game today. 
But what's more important for him is to put the ball in play when opportunities there and uh, when runners in scoring position. And that's what he wants to do. I mean, he, the home runs will come. Maybe he'll never hit 39 again, but that's okay. I'm not and concerned think- about that. If he, he's really – I think that was a scenario where the swing was just perfect. Yep. Just maybe a career year. I don't know. We'll wait and see. And but I, I, think and I think he's more of a 25 home run guy, a 20-25 home run guy, a 285 to 300 hitter. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the player the Indians expect. Everything else is the bonus. They're trying to go for 40-40 and stuff like that is not important. What's important for Jose is to be the player that he can be, meaning get on base, steal some bases, drive in some runs. And that's what he is. He does not have to be a Superman. He just needs to be Jose Ramirez. Yeah, and I think, you know, last year when he first started a slide in August, uh, like you talked about, he was going for the 40-40 thing. And, it, and I did think that that did creep into his mind. And, you know, he was putting way too much pressure on himself. And then, you know, you get to October and it ratchets up a little bit. The, uh, you know, the pressure increases. and and it's no secret that people were starting, you know, they, he, he's human. He's here. Uh, he didn't swing the bat well last postseason. He didn't, you know, so you put more pressure on yourself there. So when you have a tough postseason like the Indians did, and you go to spring training, and when I was down there, he was hitting the ball well. He was going to all the fields. He was, like you said, he was putting the ball in play. He was making stuff happen. Uh, he was putting pressure on the air team. He was driving the ball. Uh, but then you lose Kipnis, and then you lose Lindor to begin the year. And I think that just – Jose kind of felt like he had to save this offense. And to use a term, he was trying to hit the five-run home run instead of just getting the singles getting on base. Um, look, the last 85 games, he's hitting below 190. He has nine home runs, 36 RBIs, 25 extra base hits. That's, that's more than a half a season. But yesterday – in the first inning with two outs and two strikes, he drilled the ball off the left field wall. A nice piece of hitting. And then I know a lot of people don't agree with it. And I sat there at first and said, what are you doing? When he stole third and got thrown out of third. But then I thought to myself, well, you got to put pressure on the other team. You got to see if the guy can throw you out. And the Indians up until that point yesterday had run wild on the Mariners and they had done a good job this year running on Mariners pitching and um, on Navarro. And Jose's a guy that when he gets on base, he wants to go. You know that. So I, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with him trying to make something happen. Because like we saw yesterday, when Frankie Lindor stole, Seattle threw the ball away two times. He almost scored first base on a Little League play. You know, so um, I think it's a lot of guys right now are really pressing. And I wonder if – and I, I – I know it's not going to happen, um, but I wonder if moving Jose into the leadoff spot might not help him a little bit because it it changes his mindset a little bit of, all you got to do is get on base, Jose. You know, all you got to do is get on base, hit the ball, then you go, then we got Frankie and Carlos behind you plus Gonzo. Um, you know, I don't know because I've never, you know, like you said, that it shouldn't really matter where you hit one through nine, but it does. It, it matters. But then you got to break up the lefty right. We're so left-handed dominant. So you can, you know, but then if you put 
Jose at leadoff, where are you moving Frankie to? Because Frankie's at over 330 at leadoff, and he's crushing the ball, you know, ever since we started him last year at leadoff. So, like I said, I said, you know, that might help to change it up. I know, remember 2016, Santana was really scuffling, and Tito put him in the leadoff spot, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And it worked. It was unconventional, but it worked. Um, you, you know, I don't know if that would help. I don't really know if moving him down the order would help because he doesn't have much protection down there. So they'll pitch around, they'll pitch around him to get the other guys. Um, Martin had a great start to the year, um, but I think his home run swing there, where he hit five and eight games or whatever it was, I think that might have gotten his swing a little bit long. And but let's remember, he, you know, he's just lucky to be out there. And I, and I know we keep saying that, but you know, he's lucky to be there. Um, I would love to see Oscar Mercado caught up, but like Tito said, he's got to play every day. Right now, is he going to play every day? You got Martinez and Hedro center fielder. Gonzalez or Bowers is going to be in left field. And, you know. The answer to your question about Mercedo is I think he can play most days. Um, it's just a matter of when they want to do it. You know, it's going to come to a time where they're going to have to see what he can do at this level. Mm-hmm. And what that will do is take bats away from some of the left-handers that you have because you're going to play him no matter what against right-handers. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a tire Naquin would see less at-bats. Uh, but he's good off the bench. He's well, had some nice ones well, off yeah, the bench. No, no, that's like, fine. I'm just saying, if and when Oscar comes up, these are the things that will happen. Uh, and they need, they need a, a right-handed stick. And he's a right-handed what, stick. And he has your- had some success at – spring training and has had success early in the season down at AAA. And there's, he's the best answer the Indians have internally. Uh, there's not many external, external opportunities right now for the Indians to make a move. Well, I don't really expect to see him until the end of May or the first of June or June 14th. And around that time, you know, uh, it could happen sooner. It wouldn't shock me, but you know, there come a time where, they're going to need to make that move because either a, they're going to trade for someone who has a legitimate numbers who can help you from the right side, or they're going to look to create from internal needs and he's your best option. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when I'll be surprised if it doesn't happen um, sometime between now and June 15th. I'd be really surprised. I think it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. When the front office says enough's enough, we have mm-hmm. to give this kid a chance. And when he comes up, he'll play. Yeah, we got to play. Simple as that. He'll play. And they'll take that opportunity. But right now, they're going to take a wait-and-see attitude. And that's just what they're doing. And nothing's going to change that. Yeah, I I agree. I, I'd love to see him up. But like you said, I didn't. I don't think it's time yet. I do think it's sooner rather than later. Uh, I think middle of June seems to be a good timetable. I, you know, I don't know. It could happen next week if somebody gets hurt. Right. Out there. I, I think it know. can. I'm just saying. I, I think between now and the middle of June is when yeah. we're going to see it. Um, In the next six weeks. How's that sound? You know, and right now it's a small sample size, but when we face left-handed pitching, Jordan Luplo's given you quality at-bats, and he's – 
played pretty well on the field. He's had two nice draws, some nice catches in right field. Is he going to knock your socks off? No. But he's given you quality at bats against left-handed pitching, and you know the news are going to see that. Um, you know, the, the, the one thing that puzzles me is the amount of walks by this pitching staff this year in general. Coming into today, they've walked 100 guys already through 31 games, which is glaring. Uh, you know, last year they only had 407 total walks for the year. Through one month, you've walked 100. Um, and could that be a portion of, well, the first three, three and a half weeks have been played in pretty crappy weather? Maybe, yeah. I, I hope so. Um, I tell you what, I really like what Jeffrey Rodriguez has given this team. Uh, I thought he's, you know, in a tough situation for Rodriguez. Uh, when I was down in spring training, there was not a lot of, not a lot of buzz around him. And if it weren't for a Plutko injury, he, he would not be up here right now. Um, but he's really looked good. He's had, he's shown a plus fastball, 94, 95, 96. He can get it up there. Um, that's something the Indians don't have a lot. They don't have a lot of guys that can blow a fastball by you at 97, 98. Uh, a nice curveball he can put in there. Off-speed pitches he's still working on. Um, but, but his first two starts, he's given you quality starts with minimum – you know, he only has one or two runs allowed. I And he's 0-1, but the one, you know, he lost like 2-1 to one or one nothing. So it was a – you know, so I'm intrigued to see him pitch. Uh, unfortunately, we had a trade in our ticket for Tuesday, so we won't get to see him pitch Tuesday. But um, I'm intrigued by him. Um, you know, I think today we kind of chalked up. Kind of knew it was going to be a rough one. Cody Anderson has, you know, he has not pitched in two and a half years. So today, you know, it's, you know, it kind of, you know, it kind of was tough to see but you know hopefully Plutko gets healthy here in the next couple of weeks and he'll be up here but um you you win the series against the Mariners um defense is starting to get better a lot of nice plays defensively yesterday um and you know you just got to keep winning series and trying to hold a float until maybe you warm up I don't know I don't know um I was driving home yesterday, and the post-game show they were supposed to have on was talking about horse racing for some reason. But the one, the one thing the guy did say is when Brad Hand comes in the game the ninth inning, you don't get nervous anymore. And and he's exactly right. I don't miss Miller. Miller's having a tough year in uh, St. Louis, and Cody Allen has been demoted from the closer role with Los Angeles. So – um, so that's been a bright spot, but look, it's a changing year. I mean, there's new faces in Cleveland this year, and you look at the pitching staff. Yes, they have given up more walks than normal. Uh, even Kluber to start the season has walked more than we've ever seen before. Before the injury, uh, Cody An- Anderson is up here because of injuries, not because of need. Uh, that's the reason why, you know, you, you have a game like today where he's quote unquote starting the game. I mean, he doesn't even belong at the major league level yet. He should be rehabbing at AAA, refining his pitches and his strike zone. Yes, he has major league stuff, but he's just not ready after that much time off. But 
because of number games, and as you mentioned, Plucko and others being injured, this is what the Indians are dealing with. Uh, the bullpen itself has walked more players than it needs to. Adam Simber's actually been pitching well the last few outings. Uh, there are some good signs, uh, like you mentioned, and and Hand is, is a professional. We knew what we got when we made the trade last year. I'm not shocked to see him continue to do what he did in San Diego here. Uh, as for the players that used to be here, I don't worry about them. I mean, uh, I've said it before. I said if I could have a magic wand, I would have put Miller back on the Indians because he's a game changer when he's healthy, when he's at his best. He's off to a rocky start this year. He's pitched better for them recently. But, yeah, it's been a rocky start for him in uh, St. Louis. But St. Louis also has a great record right now, and they're playing great baseball. And, uh, you know, the Cardinals actually put a hell of a team together this offseason. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be one of the best teams in baseball, especially in the National League and especially in the, uh, the Central, uh, you know, with the Cubs, the Pirates. I mean, they're all three of them are going to be right there. It should be a lot of fun, actually, uh, watching them play baseball. Uh, but, yeah, the Indians hit hard by the injury bug early in the season, hit hard by the changes that they made. Uh, you can see what's going on, and, you know, it's going to be a combination of two things that's going to happen to help the Indians. And they need to win some ball games. They need to get – hardest thing for the, this organization to, to figure out is how to generate fan interest – and as, as much as winning games are, you and that is probably the number one uh, ingredient necessary, but also to have a rooting interest in a team and players that you love. And mm -hmm. right now this team across the board is kind of bland. There's no superstar. There's mm -hmm. no player that you, you know, yes, you have Ramirez. Yes, you have Lindor. Those are your two quote-unquote all-star superstars. And I don't want to say you don't have it. Uh, Lindor is this guy who has the smile and mm -hmm. you need to put him out in front and market him to get people to come to watch him play. That's my opinion. That's, that's a totally different part of the game that we're talking about. Uh, however, you have a 33,000, 34,000-seat stadium. Um, on any given night, they should be close to 20,000 or more there. And they're starting to get there now that the weather's warming up. Uh, so it was a long April, and it's a cold April, and we'll see exactly what happens. But for the Indians to have the opportunity to make moves, they're going to have to have revenue coming in. And if they see this club now drawing around 25,000 a game, it's going to make a big difference. And, yeah, I used to say attendance don't matter, but it does to a certain yeah, level. Yeah, it does. It does to a certain level, and it matters uh, long-term. And I think they can then make adjustments as necessary as the uh, season goes on. Uh, speaking of the horse race yesterday, wow, 145 years of history and never had a disqualification like that. Uh, not that I am a, uh, <clears throat> a thoroughbred expert of any source, because I am not, and I mm -hmm. don't even go to our local track uh, during the winter. I had not been there once yet. Yeah, near have I, uh, especially not for the really track. Well, here's the problem I have with the track, uh, with, uh, with Hollywood uh, gaming over there. The, the horse racing season is from like 
October to like March. Yeah. It's, it's uh, who wants Roy, to go during that time of the year? I know that's they do that for they don't compete against other tracks, tracks yeah. The horses and all that. And I get it. But honest to God, uh, this is, you know, spring, summer, fall is when you think about, you know, that you yeah. would be outside and say, oh, let's go watch the ponies run and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, that's a totally different story. Uh, interesting thing that happened yesterday. Uh, that's the first uh, to watch the team or watch a horse finish first, get disqualified. And uh, country, what was it, country star? Tim, I couldn't even tell you. I yeah. didn't even know the group on the post-game show driving home. Country House, excuse me. It's Country House that ends up winning it. Uh, I did. Uh, I actually missed the race. I'm not going to lie. I missed the race, and I went back and Googled it and watched it. Um, hey, rules are rules, you know. Yeah. And uh, officials got it right, uh, as crazy as it sounds. And uh, 65 to 1 long shot wins it. Uh, I think every, uh, the money's going to be on the uh, the – the disqualified horse going forward, though, to win the next two uh, lengths of the uh, Triple Clown. And uh, it will go down in history, though, as uh, one of the craziest moments that you ever see. A 19-minute delay. Yeah. Announced. Yeah. And uh, the jockey's just uh, hanging around trying to figure out who's actually going to have the uh, you know, the winning horse. It was nuts. I, I read all about it. I did not watch it. I, I was busy with other things. And uh, that does happen. You know, over the years, and I get it, more people are going to watch it the later it is in the evening. And the race is not till like, almost 7 o'clock now mm -hmm. at uh, Thistledown, or, and, or excuse me, <laughs> down in Kentucky and uh, in Louisville. And, but the truth of the matter is uh, when I was young, and I'm showing my age, it was around 5 o'clock in the east every mm -hmm. and 5 30 that type of thing it's now almost seven o'clock and to be honest there's the nba going on there's baseball going on there's so many other things going on it's two minutes of my life i could flip it on when i when it when it began yep. uh but i i completely forgot and uh, i missed an opportunity to watch a little history there but i did catch it on uh it was all over the internet and not a big surprise there and uh so when everyone says uh Finishing second doesn't count. They're wrong. That was just yep. – <laughs> it, it actually works because they're going to be number one. Could you imagine being in that situation, say, uh, I don't know, at the Browns or the Indians uh, in a playoff game because that's what you would equate the Kentucky Dipper to, a playoff game, I would, I would say. Could you imagine a 19-minute review thinking you had won, either lost, and then waiting to find out that you – yeah. Let's put out a Super Bowl that was a touchdown pass into the deep corner for any that team is, on the that last is, play of the game. And there was a challenge, you know, upstairs challenge, and they kept reviewing it over and, and over again. That is every angle possible. And then similar. they made the decision to overturn the touchdown and grant the defensive team with the win because that's on the last play. I mean, that's the only way to do it. But, yeah, a 19-minute delay. It's crazy. Uh, I guess in the end, they Boy, got that it right. Would draw right, man, they got it right. So that's what counts. That is like to us. Uh, the closest thing we've had is the YSU went over Eastern Washington Good when call. they caught it. And to me, I was sitting in my car. I had your your favorite Bob Hannon on, um, 
And not knowing, I thought there was four minutes to go in the game. We're going to score a touchdown, kick a field goal, take the lead. Pray to God that our defense can hold for four minutes. No, there's 30 seconds left. So in my car, it felt like 19 minutes. But in reality, I think it was, what, a minute or two? No, it was long. It was a long delay. Was it longer than that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly how long the delay was, but it was a good five, six, seven minutes. It felt like forever. It was, it was a long delay because every it felt like every angle and uh, that's actually the perfect analogy. That is because that was excruciating waiting for that yeah. to be because there were some big things on the line there for us. Oh, for both teams. Yeah, he catches the, the ball. Goes well. It was flat out win lose on that play. Yeah, and that uh, was it. That's exactly it. I mean, you just don't see that too often in sports. But, yeah. and Yeah, that, that to me, I think, in real-life sporting, was probably the most comparable that you and I have had. Oh, absolutely. I know for me, um, you, you know, that is probably um, – that and uh, the JT Barrett fourth down spot that same year against Michigan. But yeah. I think the YSU was a little bigger because the semifinals, the winner goes to the championship. But I think uh, – yeah, that felt like forever. I was sitting in my car just waiting and hoping and praying and texting anybody. I think I I think I probably texted you two or three times. Please tell me he's in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, that was uh That was nuts. Uh, we've had man. some good luck with this in replay, huh? Hey. And there's gonna be times it's gonna break your heart, but that's just the way <laughs> it, it works. It, you know, it's a fifty fifty thing. Either it's gonna be for you or go against you. Uh there is no in between. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. The Indians are down 10 uh, nothing now in the uh, – Yeah, the old uh, – I, I watched earlier where Tyler Naquin, as we mentioned earlier, put the fun back into fly ball and uh, was unable to catch a routine fly ball, just yeah. lost it in the sun and dropped right in front of his feet. And, you, mean, uh, you mean he's just doing what he did in 2016 World Series Game 7? <laughs> you know, what can I say? Put the fun back into fly ball. But happens. You know yeah. what? He had a big at bat Friday night, so I guess you can. You, you know, know it, it's easy to you, knock anybody. Um, you knew today was coming. I think we all knew that yeah. just happens. Um, after winning the last two games by one run, you know that it happens. Sometimes you get your butt kicked. So, um, but you won the series. You won the season series five yeah. to one. It was so. a bullpen game, and you had Cody Anderson starting. And I mean, like I mentioned earlier. Cody Anderson's just not ready for the major league. No, and right now, you, you know what? They're trying to stretch him out at the major league level. They brought him up as a reliever because they had no other choice. Yeah, there was a number of the games. I was a game where the Indians lost a five-run lead. He came in late, gave yeah. up a walk, and then a hit. And you know, you, you, I don't expect miracles from players who are not able to perform, perform at their best yeah. levels. And that's why am I shocked by Rodriguez's um, performances? No, because he went through training camp. He has pitched both here in Cleveland at, with the Indians and at the AAA level. Yeah, every pitcher is going to get hit and rocked. There's no way around it. I don't care who you are. Sooner or later, it's going to happen that you do not have what it's called a quality start. Uh, very few pitchers have a streak that goes 10, 15, 20 games along without a you know, having a non-quality start. It does happen. It just doesn't happen often. And 
the truth of the matter is the Indians right now are, are going to rely on the other three pitchers and hopefully someone will step up and we'll see exactly what they do. They may make a trade. They may not. I don't know. I, I mean, they have pitchers available for the new fifth spot that Kluber, you know, obviously he's not going to be your number one. He's going to be number five. Everyone moves up. Your number one pitcher right now is Bauer, followed by Carrasco. And then, you know, you have three other pitchers. So we'll just have to wait and see exactly what happens from that point on. But I'm excited for the Indians long term. I know it's going to be, there's going to be frustration, and I get it. We all are going to have to deal with it. Uh, and they need a right-handed stick. And like I said, I've heard mentioned someone mentioned that Kemp got released uh, by the Reds. He's injured, people. Yeah, he's injured. We're not 35 no. years old. He That's... had a great first half last year with the Dodgers. Where and he, he tailed off. 300, had 15, uh, 15 homers and like 60 RBIs at the All-Star break. And from that point on, he has been nothing. Yeah. Uh, he had a terrible second half. And he got traded to the Reds. He's been injured. He's been tra- – he's not the answer. No. No, it's not no. going to happen. It, it's, it's just – it's not going to happen. If you told me you can have Kemp or you can have Oscar Maceda, I want you know Maceda coming yep. back. I mean, yep. it's as simple as that. I want a young guy. Uh, will the Indians make I, a trade in the future? It's possible. They made one last year for Martin when they needed a center fielder. You know, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, someone has to step up. We'll see exactly what happens. They need a right-handed bat. Uh, if you want to – you know – Two things to look forward to, and is is Ramirez going to get come back and play the way he can the rest of the season, or will this be a head case where he just battles himself all year? And the other one will is is no surprise a second base Kipnis. What what will happen there? Um, you need him to perform at the highest level that he could possibly do. Is that the two hundred that he's at now, or is that the two fifty two sixty hitter that he has been in the past? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but those two players right now in your lineup are automatic outs almost, and that's what's yep. killing you, along with a, a weak hitting outfield. So hopefully the Indians ha- will find a way through this. It's going to be a long six, eight weeks uh, until Cleverger gets back. And, you know, who knows when uh, Kluber will get back. But it's now up to the bats. Let's see what they can do. Yeah, it's a big uh, – you know, you – you throw away today. Hopefully, you get hit. You don't get no hit. Um, but it's it's a big next seven games, eight games against the White Sox in Baltimore, all at home. You should beat up on you should beat up on these guys. And you know, but where we're right now, let's try to let's try to string some wings together. It's an important four game set inside your division where they have not played well so far this year. Four and seven, I believe, is the record. Um, so you get them at home, and you know, then in a, in two weeks you get the Orioles in, who are twelve and twenty-two, who are what the Marlins, two of the worst teams in baseball. So let's see if we can't get some more wins there. So, um, you know, you had a good weekend. Series. You know, you find your place and win them. You, you took two out of three from Seattle. That's what you needed to do. Yeah, you got win series, and, and you move just. One game at a time, move yeah, – it's a long season. Do anything you can. I know the old cliche and, you know – It's Cinco de Mayo, people. It's Just not, do anything it's not you can October. Right it's Cinco de Mayo today, baby. Uh, you know, as simple as that. So, Are you encouraging our 
our listeners to drink, Tim, and consume alcoholic beverages. If it means baseball wins, absolutely. <laughs> you know, have, have a little tequila on us today, you know? You might want to have to look at the scoreboard today. You know, hey. Uh, well, you know what? That's that's the world of sports. and it, You know, I know it's only uh, May 5th, but it feels like the Indians have been playing for six months. Yeah, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Uh, hey, real quick here. Yeah. Uh, before we take off, I will, uh, the, the Reds from Liverpool, you gotta love the Reds. This means more. This means something. Let me tell you something right now. The, uh, Liverpool football club is at the top of the standings. I see points two ahead of man city. So, uh, we'll see exactly what goes on there. What is their magic number in uh, uh, baseball terms? They're going to calculate magic points. That's a great question. Uh, let's see. They got matches coming up. Let's see. They have uh, the championship league uh, on Tuesday. Uh, they face Barcelona. They're down 3-0 in that game already. Uh, they do an aggregate. Mm-hmm. They need to win by at least three goals to move on, I believe. So, not looking smooth. No. That will be played at Anfield Field, so they're undefeated at home, so we'll see what happens. Sunday, they play the Wolves uh, at 10 a.m., and they got Dortmund on – Not till, I think that's it. Take that back. That's the last one and of the that, year. And yeah. then I see, uh, I see in uh, July the Liverpool yes. is coming to Notre Dame Stadium for the first time ever. Exactly, Probably. which we'll, we'll talk about. I may go that. I haven't decided yet. We're, it's a nice drive out there, Tim. Huh? It's a nice drive. It's a quick, easy drive right out 80. It, maybe we'll make a, uh, a radio MVP road trip out of it. That's a what? That's a nice road trip out and back in a day. It, it, it may happen. I'm not saying it will happen. It just may happen. I have to get some time off to get that done, but they can definitely do it. All right, Anthony, final thoughts for this uh, podcast. You know, just hopefully we can get back to uh, a more consistent schedule. I appreciate everybody sticking by with our hectic. Uh, it seems like ever since we turned the page from 2018 to 19, uh, you and I both have had a lot of stuff going on, you know, personally and family-wise. And uh appreciate all the listeners just sticking by, and hopefully we can uh, start getting a little more consistent, and hopefully we can get some more breaks. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, one of those things. Hopefully, we get a little bit more organized here going forward and uh, mm-hmm. get on a, a, a weekly schedule. And uh, we're going to try again to get back into it on uh, our normal Wednesday nights, uh, if at all possible. And maybe we'll get two in this week. Real quick here, just to pass on the, uh, the AFL, uh, Geelong. Is on top of the ladder, but Collingwood's right behind it, number two, right in the uh, thick of things. Got to finish in the top eight. So you got to go with the uh, – keep going with the Magpies and the Reds for my <laughs> international stuff other than Northeast Ohio. So I uh, got to keep that alive. So I don't want to pass that along. And uh, I definitely want to try to reach out to a few people out in, uh, in uh, the land of down under to try to uh, bring them back on. Hopefully we can get Gemma back on, but uh, – I'll, uh, I may reach out to a few more. And real quickly, we will talk to uh, hopefully James Dotson real soon as uh, he is huge into indie racing and he's mm-hmm. headed out 
to Indianapolis for his 28th time. Wow. Uh, this coming That's up. That's incredible. Yeah. So I definitely would, we're going to try to get uh, James on to talk about that, let alone just, uh, it's good to talk to James. I haven't talked to him yeah. in a while. Yeah. It's amazing that, uh, back that, uh, basketball season is already two months old. I know. Yeah. And, and technically I still owe our listeners two podcasts and, uh, once I actually have time, I may do them. I, if not, what's free time anymore, Tim? I don't know. I really don't know. It's I don't know. Any, I don't know anymore. Yeah. Um, and I saw a stat yesterday, and I, and I, and I can't, I can't remember the exact number, but we are 14, 15 weeks away from week one in the booth. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we're three. And we'll be on three months away from Serve Radio this year, digital radio. We're we'll three months on, away uh, from uh, yeah. uh, being at some scrimmages this year. Hopefully, you and I can get out to some scrimmages and uh, see some of these guys. We did that last year; a lot of fun. And we're playing yeah. on an eighteen-game minimum schedule, and that is fourteen regular season games and at least four playoff games. So, uh, Matt, we're going to get on here shortly too. Matt's. Uh, uh, course doing his uh show over on uh western reserve radio mm -hmm. so uh, a lot of go going on there so we'll get that done too and uh like i said we'll try to get james and Gemma and a few other and if you're someone you want us to get on the podcast go ahead and contact us you can do it uh through social media on facebook or on twitter and uh you can find the real radio MVP. Follow that on Twitter, or you can follow me on Twitter at Tim Continenza. Uh, those are the two easiest ways. And just look us up on Facebook. The uh, page is there too. And uh, give us a like and uh, give us a share and all that good stuff. And tell your friends about the, the podcast, tell your enemies too, because we want as many downloads as we can get are mm -hmm. in year three of the podcast. And, uh, uh, Anthony, real quick, what do you think of a, of a billboard for us, huh? A billboard, huh? I'm thinking about putting up a billboard for us. How about you do the billboard, I'll get the shirts, and we'll be styling this year, huh? All right. We're very well make, we may very well have a uh, billboard on 224. I can promise you this. In the next three months, by football season, you will see Tim and myself rocking radio mvp zip ups sounds good excellent i am, I am uh, i'll tell you what we will we'll, if it all works out we'll make them available for others hey i was just about to say that if uh you know but i'm working on that i got a couple conversations going with some people um but by by week one you and i'll be rocking our radio mvp zip ups sounds great all right, he's Anthony in Canfield. I am Tim here in Bourbon, wishing you all a wonderful weekend and a week ahead. And we will talk sports right here on Radio MVP real soon. Have a great day, everyone.